0: on today's locked on thunder podcast it's media day and so while you wait for the player interviews nick crane and i are going to be previewing the season for the thunder how good can this team be what should your expectations be and also some bold predictions of course with nick crane you are locked on thunder your daily oklahoma
1: city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team
0: every day Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, me member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at ryland underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at pod. Joining us today is Nick Crane. You can follow him on Twitter at Crane. N-B-A, also uncontested podcast, Forbes, Inside the Thunder, all the stuff that Nick Crane does. Nick, how are you doing today as we sit here about to open up media day and training camp and everything else?
1: Doing great and feel blessed to be speaking with the sweetest mid-range jumper on the Thunder Beat. That's you. Hey,
0: hey, he said it. He said it, not me. I appreciate it. Uh, Nick, we've been rolling through some season previews, and so we want to start with how good can this team be seating wise if if everything were to go according to plan, which, which often doesn't happen, but if everything were to go according to plan, how good can this team be?
1: Man, in a perfect scenario, like you have to say third or fourth, like you mentioned, it's, it's, it would take everything under the sun to go perfect, but it, it is possible, right? If there's no major injuries and, Mitchich ends up being this meister off the bench, and Jalen Williams takes another step. Josh Giddy takes another step. Chet Holmgren ends up being a rookie of the year candidate. Um, like this could happen, right? The the floor I think is just as interesting because it's in the West, man. It's it's wide. You look at win totals. there's like five or six teams there stacked in the middle of the West. So um, I mean, all it takes. I mean, we saw it last season. One or two wins can elevate you a handful of spots. In the standings. I'm curious, are you higher than me on the standings? Is is three feel like the ceiling for you?
0: Yeah, I, I think that three is is the ceiling if everything went perfectly because you're going to have. Uh, this Thunder team, I, I, the thing I've been kind of preaching on is that this Thunder team will care about the regular season, and a lot of other teams uh, might not care about the regular season to where that in and of itself can be a bit of a difference maker for the Thunder in terms of getting uh, elevated into uh, an upper echelon standing, kind of like the Kings last year, where they were a really good regular season team. Uh, they cared every single night and they were able to win a lot of games and, and, and compile them up to the three seed. Uh, but I think that ultimately, it'd be really good for the Thunder just to be a top six seed uh, no matter how it happens. Cause like you said, if you're a top six seed, you're only one or so games away from being a home court advantage team in the Western conference. So that's still a heck of an accomplishment.
1: Question for you. Um, You mentioned this, this could be a really good regular season team and they're going to care. In the same regard, do you feel this team finally sticks to a regular rotation or are we exploring all year again? What's, what's the situation there in your opinion?
0: Yeah, I would be I would be shocked if they didn't explore all year, but I think that you now have a lot better exploration pieces or like better tools in your in your door the Explorer backpack to use and help you navigate through the NBA regular season. So I think that you're going to be putting better players on the floor, which is going to help. I think that is going to cause you to explore because if you just if you just list out the name of guys that that you would like to see play, you get to an unruly number pretty quickly to where if they don't explore, then some guys that are really good just simply wouldn't play at all. And so uh, just by nature of that, I think that you're going to see a, a 10 to 12 rotation from Mark pretty often with this team. But I think that that is actually a positive for the regular season because with how much light is on this Thunder's team and and, and depth is on the Thunder's team, are you telling me, Nick, that any given night they cannot find – Seven or eight names who are playing well that night. Like I think that that, especially with Mark's ability to make adjustments at halftime and and in, in willingness to pull the reins in, even on guys like Dort and Giddy last year, uh, where he would like sit them in the second half. Like his his willingness to change, I think, is going to help the Thunder win games because someone's got to be hot. Like there's got to be some list of names any night that's five, six, seven deep they are playing really well.
1: Yeah. And, and fresh legs are a real thing, especially late in the season. I think last year, the kind of turning point in my eye was the the turn of the calendar year where some of these teams started to hit a wall, frankly, and the thunder started kind of escalating their play. I think a lot of that's really fresh legs. It's, it's like in football when you got the the stack D line and you got fresh legs coming in and out, your top guys may not be getting as many reps, but your effectiveness goes through the roof because the other team that's maybe less deep or less willing to play more players in the fourth quarter, you know better than anyone with that sweet mid-range jumper. When your legs get tired, shots don't fall.
0: That, that, that is true. When the legs get tired, it's it's tough sledding. But uh, we've talked about steeding and kind of where it can go if, if everything goes right and kind of where it levels off at. But our good friends over at FanDuel, they have the over-under set at 44 and a half. And I think that's a really great line. And if, if we were betting, I think that we would both agree, probably stay away from that line. Cause you're not going to gain much from it. But if I force you to pick on that line over under 44 and a half wins for the thunder,
1: I'm going to go under, um, for a few reasons. And, and this is not to say the thunder are going to be bad. It's not to say the thunder can't be better. Um, I have them going 41 and 41 on the record, in my prediction, um, few reasons one last year they didn't have many significant injuries poku was out you know usman jang was out for a little bit jre was out for a little bit but the core guys didn't miss like long long stretches that's not something you can bank on every single season like not that anybody wants shay or josh or, or jdub or chet to get hurt but the reality is in an 82 game season teams deal with that kind of stuff the thunder were fortunate last year um second reason i think the west will be more competitive. I think, I don't know if, if FanDuel has the similar odds that I've seen, but I think there's only two teams projected below 30 wins in the West. So the the top, I think, is kind of two teams heavy. The bottom is two teams heavy. And then there's everybody else. And so the Thunder got better this offseason, to be clear. But so did a lot of other Western Conference teams. You've got Dallas. They've, they've got more chemistry with Luka and Kyrie. Um, the Clippers, if they can stay healthy, should be better. They're looking to make moves. So just because the Thunder get better doesn't mean their record improves or they go up in the seating. So um for all those reasons, and I also think it'll take a little bit of time to integrate Chet and Mitchich and some other guys, and I'm sure we'll talk about that on the show. But um 41 wins would be an improvement. 41 wins would likely get you in the postseason. And while I think many Thunder fans and national media would say 41 and 41 is is underwhelming like progression's not linear although that is a step up and I think that would be a solid season for OKC maybe not ideal but it would still be a step in the right direction
0: yeah and and I think that with with this Thunder team the the success is still not going to be measured by win and loss record and I think that that can kind of exhaust fans at times because they've been hearing that for a few years now, but this year it's different. It's not about tanking or draft position or anything else. It's just that there's a lot of new pieces and a lot of moving parts to where, uh, I think that this team, when you watch them every night, if you go to the games, if you watch them on television, you're going to enjoy this team. You're going to think that this team is a lot better and would beat last year's team in a seven-game series. The thing is, they're they're probably not going to make a 16-win improvement, though, like last year's team did. They're probably uh, going to improve by a game or five or some somewhere in between. And so that's why I think that this is a really good line because it's a it's a four-win improvement. You got to go over or under, but uh, you know the 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 jump in win total is hard to do in the NBA. It's it's not as easy as as it might have appeared last year. And I I think that this team can, like we said, get up to the three seed, which would have to be uh, a massive win leap, at least five, six games. But they also, of course, can be right where they were last year. But no matter which way that they side, they're going to be a much better team as you add Chet Holmgren, as you add Mischich, as you add Cason Wallace, even who I think that uh, Mark is going to fall in love with and and likely play a lot this year. So you you get all that, kind of in there and at the end of the year you might look back on the record and say well that wasn't quite the leap that you'd expect but it was the leap in terms of like on the court production
1: absolutely yeah it's, it's a great point like a step forward doesn't have to be a ton more wins and that's quite literally pristine the thunder's philosophy
0: so nick i think that we can both agree that the starting lineup is going to be shea josh D- dort Dub, chet whenever they're whenever they're kind of healthy and everything yes is that going to be their best five-man lineup, though? Is there going to be a lineup that's better than that?
1: I. It's always interesting because if you look at like five-man lineups, it's never the guys you expect to play together that actually put up the best numbers. Um, but like, if if we're looking holistically, who I think the best lineup would be, the only change to that I might make is removing Dort and adding Kenrich Williams. Something about that lineup. Like, obviously, you're going to miss Lou Dort's on-ball defense, but I just think that that size that you can bring with that lineup, that that edge, that grittiness with those five, I mean, that just feels like a really, really good closing lineup. You could also say Poku in there if, if Poku is healthy and can do what he did early last season. We have a lot of recency bias where the fan base might be soured on Poku or man can't stop getting hurt, but don't forget, when he was healthy before that injury, that dude was doing awesome things. And if you throw in a seven footer there in Lou Dort's spot and have him on the wing, I'm telling you, what about you?
0: No, November Poku was a was a really fun thing uh, to experience. Yeah, I, I think that. So, like, I'm, I'm I was gonna say that this is like a lineup that not necessarily is at the top of the charts of like a stat website, but just like you're watching the thunder and you're like, Hey, I love when they play this lineup. It's, it, it's really good. Uh, I, I think that it's, it's, it's likely going to be replacing Dort with like Isaiah Joe. Cause I think that's going to be the most fun for fans to watch uh, of just Shea and giddy and, and J-dub and Chet with Isaiah Joe in the court uh, to knock down some threes. But uh, ultimately in terms of best lineup, if we're talking about uh, two win games and, like, execute. I think that that will be the f- the five best guys upon the court to win games in most cases. I, I think that... The more interesting conversation with the lineup is not starting, of course. It is closing games. And I, and I think that they're going to close games sort of by committee, where if you need an offensive push late, you're going to play Joe, and you're going to play maybe Michich. If you need defense late, of course, you're going to play Lou Dort. And so th- that's kind of where I think that the lineups will kind of evolve and 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 change is is late in games, depending on matchups, depending, depending on uh, the game scenario.
1: Great problem to have. Like, who's going to close games? Well, there's like nine guys that you trust doing it. That's, yeah. that's a fantastic problem to have.
0: It is. It's also a great solution to have if you have DoorDash because you've trusted DoorDash to bring you your restaurant favorites. You know, maybe you didn't feel like cooking that night. Maybe you just uh, had a late night and need something to to power you through the rest of the day, if you will. But now you can trust DoorDash to pick you up and close out your cooking. So if you're sitting there in the kitchen right now and you're making some some pancakes and then you look over and go, oh, no. Nick, I ran out of syrup and you can't have pancakes without syrup. So you're going to dial up DoorDash and you can get grocery deliveries now with DoorDash that can bring you what you're missing. Maybe you went to make a coffee. Nick, we're big coffee guys, about five coffees a day at Paycom Center between uh, us. So if you ran out of creamer, if if Paycom Center ran out of that Italian creamer, you dial up DoorDash, you you get it to them uh, on the DoorDash grocery delivery. They're great and they can also help your local economy because they can also now go to thousands of grocery stores that are close to you in your neighborhood to help you boost that economy. You can get some little things that you might run out of. You can also get a whole grocery haul. At DoorDash. It's very versatile. So go right now and get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to $20 in value. Make sure you go and use code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Limited time only. Uh, terms and conditions, of course, apply. But that's 50% off whenever you go to DoorDash and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code NBA at DoorDash. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Nick. Nick Crane of Forbes, of Inside the Thunder, of Uncontested Podcast, of Nick Crane on Twitter, at Nick Crane NBA, no, Crane NBA on Twitter, uh, but Nick, to win the most amount of games, if the Thunder were to get to that three seed, who has to take a bigger jump, Josh Giddy or Jalen Williams?
1: Man, um, I'm going to go Josh Giddy. I think I'm, I'm of the belief that at the end of this season, Jalen Williams is the second best player on this team. Um, but I think what Josh does and what he provides from a, a rebounding standpoint, a passing standpoint, like if this guy averaged 29 and eight, which is not far off from what he averaged last season, I just don't see how this team isn't really, really good. Assuming everybody else is healthy and Shea continues to be uh, the level of guy that he was, I just think that, especially defensively too, like I think Jalen Williams has already shown a bunch of defensive upside. If Josh Giddy all of a sudden can guard, you know, two through four effectively and use that big frame and, and move his feet a bit better and the lateral quickness is improved. I just, I just don't see a world where that's not a really good team.
0: Yeah, I think that with this Thunder team, you're going to see Josh Giddey, he can take a progression. You saw what he did in FIBA at the World Cup, so that's going to help a lot for the Thunder and for um, Josh, of course. And so I, I think that that'd be great for the Thunder to see Josh Giddy take that elevation. And I think that J-Dub will take a step just by association of everyone taking a step up, because you see how last year his game really complemented the Thunder and their players. Now, Nick, I want to give you the runway And just give me anything about Chet, what you think that if you want to give a stat line prediction, if you want to give his game high in any category, if you want to just paint the picture of his impact, just talk about Chet Holmgren.
1: Chet is going to do so many things like there's there is eight different statistics that we could throw out there and be like, yeah, that that seems about right. I'm going to go with. The splits. He's on record saying he wants to be a 50-40-90 guy. That's really hard, first of all, especially as a rookie. I'm going to say Chet goes 50-38-88. So just miss it, but that is still wildly impressive for Chet Holmgren. I also will give you... Man. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins Wow. Do you take that? If you you look back at many of the best shot blocking players in NBA history, um, other than some of the guys of way back in the past when some of these numbers were ridiculous, Chet has a real runway to be like one of the best shot blocking rookies in the last few decades. Like not that 2.2 or 2.5 blocks is easy to do, but like that's kind of the bar to, to trend towards having one of the best shot blocking rookie seasons ever.
0: Yeah, he him him blocking shots is going to be a lot of fun. And as Sam Presti said Wednesday, he's going to get dunked on at times too. But it just comes with the territory of of being a a shot blocker and and, and trying to uh, protect the rim. And I think that that's going to be what the Thunder have missed these last couple of years. And and now they get it with Chet Holmgren. I I think that you're spot on with with Chet Holmgren. He's going to be very efficient. I think that people were a little scared after Summer League about his shooting. I would not be scared about his shooting at all you and i have watched many a warm-ups where he is just canning threes uh, and that was his first kind of game environment since the injury and everything else so i would not look into summer league all too much about his shooting uh, specifically he's going to be a really good shooter he's proven to be a good shooter at every level he's ever played at and so that's going to be no different in the nba so but if he did do 50 38 88 that would that would be a great rookie season uh for for chet holmgren now uh, Nick, we got Sam Presti's answer to the Thunder going all in or trading for a star. But just what is your thought process on that entire exhausting conversation?
1: I agree with Sam um, on most of the things he said. Like he, he brings up the analogy two years in a row now where you don't buy paint for the house that you haven't bought because you don't know what it looks like or what kind of paint you need or how much paint you need. You know, we, We've heard that a couple of times now, which I completely agree with. I think if you're going to make the star move, you have to be at a point where you can confidently say, this star gets us over the hump. I don't think you're at a point now where where you know, like, is Chet a four or a five? Is J-Dub really going to be this, like, super strong, undersized four? Or is he going to end up being more of, like, a three? Um, do you have Lou Dort long-term? Do you want to play Josh in the, in the backcourt? Or maybe Josh ends up being like your Ben Simmons type four. Like we just don't know enough about this team yet. Like we finally have a situation where you and I can watch games and and start to see the pieces come together. Like I, I, my opinion is there's a very clear core four of guys right now. You got to figure out how those four fit and where the gap is. And that's when you get your star. Maybe it's a guard. Maybe it's a four. Maybe it's a wing. Maybe it's a center. Maybe Chet is much better in space on the perimeter Um, can be like a weak side shot blocker versus a guy that just kind of protects the rim and the paint that completely changes the type of star you go after. So I agree with the sentiment from Sam. Um, You also have to give up a ton of assets. Usually stars are on the books for big money. And you and I both know J Dub Chet and Josh are on the trajectory to like be in the conversation of max contract, which that's going to be a problem in itself. If you bring in a $50 million guy on top of what you already have, could be more problems than you want.
0: Yeah. And I think that it's just important to know that like the, the 16 win improvement last year, it feels like this thing is just traveling through time at a warp speed, but they've played zero minutes together, literally zero together uh, of this score. Your, your only top five pick of this reboot has not played a single second of NBA basketball. So like, I, let's just kind of pump the brakes a little bit on where the Thunder are at. But I think that you're spot on. I think that Sam's spot on. But Nick, what people might not know is that you are a traveling man. You're all around the world. You lead the league, the entire NBA, of frequent flyer miles. So like when you think about it, it's probably true because most of these guys are on team planes and you're on a your personal account. So with all those frequent flyer miles, with all that traveling, it's unbelievable what you do. You've seen some things. You've seen some arenas. What are some things that the new Thunder Arena, if it does pass, should include?
1: Oh, man. That's a really, really, really good question. I wish we could do like a whole podcast about this and like put up a visionary board and just like map out what this new arena will look like. Nick, Um, don't get
0: yourself into something. We're a 5 day (laughs) week podcast. We have plenty of uh, podcasts to fail.
1: Okay, let's let's do it. Um, I think just given... The the environment of Oklahoma City and being a college state, like the Dallas Cowboys arena, for example, I'm going to give you a football uh, example that. Although I, I think the new Clippers arena is going to have this and a couple of other arenas have it. But like, A, a standing room area. It sells more tickets. It gets more people in there. Um, it's more of like a happy hour cocktail social thing. You can like see the game and hear the game and look at the video board, but you're not necessarily sitting in a seat. I think for like, corporations and individuals and and young Thunder fans, that would be awesome. And it's at a, a low price point. So that would be sick. Um, I also think like a fan section, I'm going to give you a baseball example. Now I think the Astros have this, the Rangers have it. I'm sure the Royals have it or, or maybe did when they were really, really good at baseball. Um, but like a fan section where it's, or a student section or like a, a young fan section of some sort where um, it's a little more rowdy. It may not be a, a family environment, but, it's like your college student section. Like that's the section that, you know, I think the Clippers arena, they're setting it up to where when you're shooting a free throw, it's like in your line of sight behind the backboard, kind of up in the the second or third area. And they're going to be going crazy. Um, I think that would be awesome. Um, I mean, you're a gambling man, maybe It'd be kind of cool. And, and if Oklahoma like really opens up the legalization of gambling to be able to bet, like you have a little screen on the back of your, chair and you can you know enter some bets some live bets some futures bets whatever you want to do um get me a pluckers in there the first pluckers in oklahoma it's a it's a big thing in texas it's it's the best wing out there um what what restaurants by the way as a decide what what restaurants would you like to see in this new arena
0: well that's a good question that i wasn't ready for nick as, as a podcast host you just threw it all threw it all off the rails here but you know, I'm gonna go with uh, Clark's Crew Barbecue. That's a great joint. That's a great joint in Oklahoma City. I haven't had that.
1: I need to get you that gotta next gotta time go. I'm in town. We'll have, we'll have to go. Maybe after media day or something, we'll go there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, we went there with Joe and Daniel and Clemente to celebrate the postseason. We've got to go celebrate media now.
1: I love it. What else would you want to see in Atlanta? So
0: yeah, so like I, I really liked. The the whenever we were in Utah for Salt Lake City for the All Star Game, I, I liked how they had the the concourse where you could like look at the mountains and everything, and so I think that like given that games kind of are gonna happen around sunset, you're gonna be in the arena around sunset and the the Oklahoma skies and everything, maybe seeing the sky from the arena would be pretty cool. Uh, I know that like logistically it it might be built in a place where it's hard to get a great view of anything worth seeing. And so you don't want to make it look like tacky or anything, but I think that that'd be pretty cool if they could incorporate it uh, into, into this whole idea. I think having a, uh, I think having a kind of more expansive kind of club area We just make it feel more big league and more legit uh, and and maybe attract some Oklahoma celebrities to want to go to more games and and be seen at more games and everything else. But uh, ultimately, I think that just... Any improvement is a huge improvement. The, the, the thing about building this arena, if it does go through, they can't mess it up because you cannot go from the bottom of the barrel to worse. They, this is one of the worst arenas in the NBA um, in terms of smallest square footage and smallest you know venue and everything else. But um, I, I think that it's going to be great to kind of see how they add it. My biggest thing has been on the outside of the arena, you got to bring back Thunder Alley. If you're going to do all of this, if you're going to build all this new arena and everything, you've got to bring back Thunder Alley for a team that should be really good by the time that you open up this arena. So I, I think that'd be great. You see it in Milwaukee. Uh, you see it in Toronto and everywhere else. So yeah, I would say maybe you try to incorporate the Oklahoma sky in some way. Uh, I would love to see the, the core in the arena kind of be so some, some Oklahoma artists, maybe like painting some things or, or they're doing some cool things uh, in the arena. We've seen, we see them on Twitter, even of just like these amazing artists uh, on Twitter that, that, that make some great thunder related masterpieces maybe put them in the arena highlight them something like that and then another thing that i liked that salt lake city was um uh, the the concourse area was like a literal concourse where like me, you and i just sat down and like had a full-blown dinner waiting for uh all-star Saturday at to start like just in a, in, in a comfortable kind of food court like yeah. layout so like i think that giving someone space to go do that instead of having to kind of shrivel up in your seat and kind of not be able to talk to everybody and everything after you go get your stuff in the concourse, I think giving them like a actual place to hang out in the concourse would be cool too.
1: I know this is your podcast and you just called me out for, for spinning it back on you, (laughs) but will the new arena have number zero hanging in the rafters?
0: Ooh, it's going to open 2029 30. Here's the thing though. I'm gonna throw it back on you. Okay. Do you, when's the right time to retire as number the second he retires? Cause it's obviously you're going to do it. Or do you play the marketing game? We're like, let's say, let's say that Russ retires just for the sake of argument. Let's say he retires the, the, the final game of the season prior to the, the arena opening. So the final game of 2028, he retires. Do you, in that first season at the arena, where people are already going to come, already going to see the attraction, already going to going to be involved in the in the new environment, in Oklahoma City, do you do your jersey then, or do you wait till that next year to give you another attraction to go see, another reason to get back out uh, to to the game?
1: That's really hard because it's it's gonna feel it already feels like a new era of Thunder basketball when that arena opens. It's gonna be like the true new era of Thunder basketball. It would feel weird if his his jersey went up in the rafters in the new arena, like if the ceremony was there. Would it be awesome and cool and people come? Absolutely. But it feels like to me it has to go up in the current structure and then be relocated to the new arena. It just feels that way to me.
0: Yeah, I, I think that I think that in an ideal world that's how it would be done, probably because uh, you you kind of want to to see the memories happen in that. Uh, venue and then him and Nick would be retired already in that in that venue. Uh, but we'll, we'll see whenever Russ retires. We can't put a limit on Russell Westbrook and, and how he's going to play and how long he's going to play. But in all likelihood, I think that he'll retire before the end of the twenty twenty eight season. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah. you can you can see his jersey retired for sure in the original Paycom Center, original Ford Center, original chesapeake energy arena whatever you want to tab it as and then it gets it gets shuffled on over you moving on over to uh the new arena which could be across the street which would be an easy move for these these jerseys to not the, mess them
1: up the ryland Styles center
0: hey i'm open to it. the locked on <laughs> the locked on thunder don't there it would you be, go. A, be a smashing success uh if the thunder would like to do that uh but nick I'm going to throw it back on you once again with this whole new arena talk with the Jersey retirement talk. Do you like the way the thunder have retired jerseys in the sense of Nick Collison's like a, it's like a banner. It's not really like a Jersey.
1: Oh, so you're saying the the physical thing that is raised into the air.
0: Yeah. The physical thing of like, is it, it's a, it's kind of like a banner. Yeah.
1: That's, I've never really thought about that. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think that looks classic. Okay. Like like the banner. Um is, is there a bunch of other arenas that do like jerseys and and unique different things? Like I, I'm not an attention to diesel guy, clearly. Is, is that a thing?
0: Yeah, I feel like like the Lakers like they're they have like a banner, but like the banner is like shaped like it's ah. a jersey. Right? Like there's like a maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm I'm the class idiot on this one. No, but it, it I don't know. I, I, I like it. I I like it it was just like an interesting revelation that it was. Yeah. A- I'm going to go down a rabbit and-
1: hole as soon as this podcast ends and start looking at all the different arenas and all the different banners. I do think if, if nothing else, if you're going to do a banner, like make it cooler, if that makes sense. Like I, I feel like when I go to American Airlines center and I look up at the Mavs and at the stars that, that are retired there, like the banners have cool designs and they, they look unique or they're or they're, or they're um, the style of one of their more unique jerseys if that makes mm-hmm. sense that would be cool like imagine if russell westbrooks was a banner that had the zero in his name and it was like the sunset stripes from the back of those jerseys that he wore was the design Like, that would be really cool
0: that would be cool and i think that maybe that's kind of what threw me off about nick because if you look at his banner like the the sort of style of it has like the different shade of blue than what than what was that thunder era of blue and yeah you know what i'm wrong about this i think i'm totally wrong about this uh i just looked at dirk's uh jersey retirement uh, it is just a banner that says 41 dirk Nowitzki. so i was completely wrong but but, it, but it's a good look isn't it yeah it's it's a good look it's a good look and then nick collison's a good look but yeah, we went down a rabbit hole. I was wrong. Hand up, that's on me. My fault. You're never wrong.
1: This is a everyone needs to soak this in because you will not get Ryland wrong again for at least a few months.
0: At least a few minutes, uh, even. <laughs> but Nick, <sighs> coming up, we're gonna play my favorite game, Factor Fiction, which you've already spoiled one question. So I'm glad that you Ooh. were able to do that. We're back on the Lockdown Theater Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your teams every day, Nick Crane. Forbes Inside the Thunder, Uncontested podcast at Crane NBA on Twitter. You can find him in a multitude of places. You can even find him in Oklahoma City on Monday because of Media Day. So I'm excited about that, and we're going to be there uh, tweeting out all the live quotes from Media Day. And if you see Nick around the town, he's an actual celebrity. So mm-hmm. run up to him, take pictures with him. Uh, you know, you're not going to be inconveniencing Nick Crane by any means. Now, Nick. Factor fiction. You've already spoiled the one I was going to ask you. Will Chet Holmgren average two blocks? We've already do- done that. So, factor fiction as the second best odds to do it at FanDuel. Will Chet Holmgren win Rookie of the Year?
1: I say no, and this is not not to say Chet won't be really good. I just think in modern sports, as bad as it is, media voting is influenced by hype. And even though the Thunder should be better than the Spurs, even though Chet, you know, it's going to happen. We saw it last year with Paulo and, and Jalen. There will be conversations about his stats are better, his stats are better, but what about his advanced stats? Oh, you're just looking at points, rebounds. In a second. There will be debates. Um, but ultimately, I think just the the hype surrounding Wemby coming into the league, he's going to have probably more flashy plays where it's like, how is a guy of his size doing that? I just think that unless he gets hurt, like it's really his to lose.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally think that with with Victor, like he's going to win it because you you just you cannot say he's the best prospect since, since LeBron and then not vote him for rookie of the year. I think that that's going to be what sways a lot of people. I think that as long as he just gets out of bed, he'll be voted in as rookie of the year. But Chet Holmgren will have a huge impact on winning and maybe he can sway people. But I, I just think that's going to be Victor in general. Now, the fe- the first best odds on Fanduel is Mark to win coach of the year. Would you would you say that Mark's going to win Coach of the Year this year?
1: For a similar reason, I'm going to say no. I, I think Mark will be one of the best coaches in the league this year. But just like voters get influenced by hype, voters also get fatigued. It's the reason that that Jokic didn't win a third MVP. It's like this, okay, calm down. It's this it's this weird phenomenon where you you can't be really good and then just marginally better the next season and win the award. Like you you have to blow out out of the water, which you did the year before. For that reason, I think that Mark winning 16 more games year over year. If he would only win like two or three more, or the Thunder were in the play-in again, I just don't think that that the votes are going to be there. Like you have to like shatter expectations. I feel like, or be a team that's just like number one in your in your conference, and um, you did it with a roster that maybe wouldn't expected to. Like if if he's going to win it, I'm kind of surprised that he's odds-on favorite to to win the award. I feel like the thunder would have to be like home court advantage in the West. Then that's a whole co- another conversation, but you have to shatter expectations relative to the year before. I think to win that kind of award.
0: Yeah. You know, I've been on locked in NBA talking about the, these two awards and also on this podcast, of course, and with coach of the year, it's such a, a narrative driven award. Like, Mark would have won it last year going away had the Kings not been the story of the NBA where they break that long playoff drought. If they just if they just simply didn't do that, the Mark's coach of the year. And so, like you said, we've already kind of given Marcus flowers for what he did last year. And while I think that he is the best coach in Thunder history and everything else, winning coach of the year, you've you've got to A, get to the actual playoffs. Like I think that they gotta be at least a top six seed. And then B, you've got to have no one else be a surprise team, nobody else be a story. And can you really Picture a season in the NBA where everything goes according to plan and there's no surprise team. There's going to be a surprise team, and that surprise team is going to have a coach, and that coach is going to leapfrog Mark, even though Mark should have won the award last year. You could get it to the Kings, whatever, whatever. Um, I, I think that as of right now, he's the leader in the clubhouse because if it goes on paper, if the season goes the way we think it is on paper and there is no surprise jump from anybody and there is no historic season from from anybody, then he would be in line to win it. But this stuff happens every year. Where there's going to be a surprise, there's going to be a different uh, kind of standings than we thought, and that coach will be the beneficiary of it.
1: Could it be the Rockets?
0: It 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 could if the Rockets like go to the play in. They're they're basically the same story as the Thunder in a way, um, and it would and it would even more heavily reflect. On their head coach because he's brand new. Uh, Yudoka yep. just got there and, and kind of uh, that would be a storyline for him. Uh, I think it could. Uh, I think that the Rockets ceiling, of course, is the play in. I don't think they're going to be a top six seed, but their ceiling would be a play in. We'll see if they get there. We'll see, we'll see if they get it done. But yeah. fact or fiction, Nick Crane, Shea will be a first team All NBA player again.
1: Fact. It's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to take another fantastic season with minimal injuries. Um, you and I talked about this a couple of days ago, like the John Moran injury is significant because of the um, games played rules. Um, I think, yes, I think it will be a, a situation like this year. I feel like it was a runaway. Like there was no doubt towards the end of the year that he was going to get in this year. It, it may be more of a, a competition. I mean, shoot, Dame, Dame is out East now with Giannis. if they're, far and away the number one seed and he's balling out versus being on the tanking blazers. Maybe he's really, really in the running for it this year on, on first team all NBA. Um, but yeah, I, I think that given what we saw in FIBA, like this wasn't just a blurp for Shea. Like he he's here. This is him. What we saw last year is the actual Shea Gildas Alexander.
0: Factor fiction. Daniel bell is the best basketball player in thunder media.
1: That is the biggest. Fiction. That I've ever heard, Daniel Bell. Daniel Bell is a good player. I'll give him that. But there's a reason he's never played me one on one. He doesn't want the smoke.
0: Wow. I hope he he hears this too. Nick Crane calling him out. He he does refuse to play one on one. You've wanted your shot at him. Michael Martin's wanted his shot at him. So he is the self-proclaimed best player, though. Fact or fiction? Daniel Bell could beat Nancy Lieberman in basketball, as he proclaims. Fiction. Of course it's fiction. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And Daniel Bell thinks he could beat Nancy Lieberman and Michael Cage in basketball. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life.
1: He uh, is good. He is good. We got got to give good. him some He's a good player. He's yeah.
0: a good player. He's not he's not Michael Cage good. He's not Nancy Lieberman good. Uh, I don't but uh, he's a good player. He's a really good player. Uh, offensively. Eh, defensively he can kind of <laughs> just like <laughs> he can kind of uh, just going to be there. He takes plays off, doesn't he? He does. He takes plays off. But you know He's such a star he can get away with it because Daniel Bell is the best. But for you, Nick Crane, let's wrap it up with these final few questions. Usman Jang will take a leap this year, fact or fiction.
1: Fact. I think I think that's that's clear he'll take a leap. Um how much of a role he plays though, I don't know.
0: It's a mystery. It can it can be anything. Fact or fiction, Casey Wallace plays his way. Into the hearts of Mark Dignall and the Thunder fan base. And he is just like a a really key piece to the rotation this year.
1: That's a fact, Uh, especially the the hearts of the fan base. He's just a guy that everyone's going to love. He's he's the effort guy, he's the motor guy. I've said he's like got the mentality of Jimmy Butler, but in a guard's body. Um, I think he'll definitely win over the fan base. He'll definitely win over Mark if he hadn't already. In terms of being in the regular rotation, I think he will in the new year in 2024, I think with G league call downs and stuff like that early in the season, um, he may not have as much opportunity, but he will absolutely make his way in.
0: Yeah. I think he's such a, just a hardworking defensive player who can, who's versatile offensively that that's going to be a player that Mark handpicks almost that he's going to love. So I think that it's going to help his case to get playing time. And if he gets playing time, as we saw in summer league, the fan base and what, what, Oklahoma City fans liking players is everything about Casey Wallace. It just screams Casey Wallace. And so Nick, you're gonna leave us with this. Your boldest prediction. Don't hold back on me now. Okay. Your boldest prediction for the Thunder and the NBA as a whole.
1: Oh, so two two separate ones, or it can be either is what you're saying.
0: I'm gonna have you do two separate ones. You have okay. to give me an NBA one, you have to give me a thunder one.
1: Okay. Thunder one. I think this is bold. Maybe if you look at the odds, it's not that bold. You'll have to maybe tell me. Um, I would at least look at Mitchich as sixth man of the year. That may that sound bold. crazy to people, but when you look at what a sixth man should be doing, he can effectively run the second unit. He's a veteran, although not in the NBA. He's a veteran. He's a guy you can trust In crunch time, incredible vision, can shoot it from deep, can create his own shot. Like, I'm not saying this guy is an all-star, but when it comes to, like, the veteran backup point guard that continues the momentum of the starters did and doesn't allow things to drop off, whether it's facilitating or scoring for himself, I just think, like, he's got a real chance to, like, by the end of the season, we look back and say, that was a really good Thunder Bench. In large part due to Michich.
0: So Mitchich is plus twenty thousand to win well, six man of the year uh, on FanDuel. On FanDuel, he's behind on his own team, Isaiah Joe. Wow, uh, who actually who actually has some decent. Odds like to win it. Like he, he's a, Isaiah joe's Of course, not in that first wave of players, but he's in kind of that second wave at at plus uh, six thousand five hundred. So not terrible for Isaiah Joe. He's also behind Trey Mann. What for six man of the year? Okay,
1: in 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 FanDuel's defense, the six man of the year award does usually go to the guy that just like scores a bunch of points. Doesn't actually have yep. to be a real six man. um So I I guess I get that, but like I think Mitch is more impactful than both of those guys
0: he's also Big behind J Will what and he's and he's only slightly ahead of Kenny Hustle and Aaron Wiggins
1: you know what that tells you Rylan? that tells you that's good value
0: great value great if value
1: if everyone if everyone put a dollar on that right now you'd have a real chance not a real chance you'd have a chance of what oh, that net you $20,000
0: possibly no a dollar oh, would do a you dollar would you do have do to 100. put a hundred
1: to make twenty thousand yeah you
0: have to do a hundred
1: I wouldn't recommend putting a hundred but put a dollar on it
0: yeah I mean a dollar remove it remove into, a couple
1: of zeros is that two grand yeah uh, no a dollar 200. Turn
0: into two hundred dollars like, good job Nick I mean numbers just are hard numbers are really hard that, uh, education this is from, why I'm uh, this is
1: why I'm not a gambling man because I'd be putting money down thinking I'm getting some return that I'm not.
0: <laughs> I just love I love the idea of you putting a dollar down on Mitch <laughs> way like way back now and it's, it's only going to pay out 200, which is still good. I mean, you either lose a dollar or you get 200. Yeah, That's still yeah. a good idea. That but, would piss
1: me off. Cause I'd be like, why did I put more?
0: The award conveys and you leap up and you're like, yeah, I just won. I just won $2,000. Cause you don't, you don't understand <laughs> the zeros. And then your, your <laughs> wife is just like, what, what? Yeah. You won 200.
1: Yeah. Uh, that would, uh, that would totally happen. This is, this is why I don't gamble. This is it.
0: It's, it's okay. It's okay. Now you're NBA wide bowl of prediction.
1: NBA-wide bold prediction. Let me go with Steph Curry, MVP. I think that the Warriors will be, and everyone's talking about like, if things don't work with CP, you bring in Drew, um, yada, yada, yada. But I do think the Warriors will be good this year again. I think it's one of the last years they will be good. And I think that Steph has what it takes to just go nuclear and carry this team to a top, you know, three, four seed in the West. What's his odds? Is that even hot? Is is he is he top ten MVP odds? Uh,
0: I have to imagine he is top ten. Let me let me pull that up for you real quick on the old on the old uh, Steph Curry. Oh, he is not. Top, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. He's seventh at plus oh, 13. Okay.
1: So that's not that hot. That's not the hot. Let me give you another not one. That then. Hot. Um, I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic make the playoffs. Not, not mm-hmm. via top six seed, but I think they make the play in and they push through.
0: Okay, I, I like that. I like the magic. I, I'm in on the magic buzz, the magic hype, uh, and and so that's a, that's a good good nice hot take, warm take to to have the the Jazz make the playoffs, which would be plus one hundred and eighty to do it, which is only which only puts them ahead of the Hornets, the Pistons, and the Wizards.
1: They're plus so. one hundred and eighty.
0: Yeah, to, to to do it on FanDuel. Wow. They're behind the Bulls, Nets, Raptors, Pacers, Hawks, and then, of course, everyone else.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay.
0: Okay. That's tough. So you can go win a lot of money at FanDuel, Nick. You should go, uh, Except you should that go check no that clue out. I do
1: what I would actually win, unless there's a box that I type it, in. There's the a box that does you. tell you if you type in. Oh, it underline. does the math for me. Then yeah, it does the math I'm for I'm going to go create you. a FanDuel account after this.
0: Good. And then you do use code locked on. But I got you, Nick. Let them know where they can uh, where they can find you and everything else.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of places. Um, I'd say the, the best culmination of it all is on Twitter or X or whatever the kids are calling it these days at Crane MBA, and then also um, on the Uncontested podcast as well with with a couple of great hosts over there. And looking forward to a what should be a really exciting season, Rylan.
0: Yeah, and if we mentioned you're a traveling man. A lot of stuff, a lot of places would be a great lifestyle podcast for Nick crane just just about your travels and about whatever whatever you're doing are we we traveling to to chicago for the season opener
1: not for the season opener um i wish i I may be going to atlanta for some ote stuff unrelated to the thunder but um kicking off the the travels early here
0: i like it i like it you can find them also at draft digest for all of your draft needs as he mentions that he'll be watching OTE. That'll be a lot of fun. Nick, thanks for joining us. And until tomorrow, where we're going to recap media day, be good and be good to one,